0: Previously on Funny Science Fiction. they can get pretty big. That's sure, yeah. That's cool. So I said, you know, I you keep acting like it, if I'm going to put you in a small box. And <laughs> you're not going to grow anymore.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Cameron Bikendova, and you're listening to Funny Science Fiction Podcast.
0: The podcast where Spider-Man has multiple personalities, or at least multiple multiverses. So our guest today is is an awesome young lady who got her start on the hit Disney show, Shake It Up. But where we know her most from, and the reason why you'll be most excited (laughs) that she's on the show today, is that she spent 100 episodes as Selena Kyle on the show, Gotham. So we are very pleased and proud to welcome Cameron Bikendova to the show. Welcome, Cameron.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we could sit here and talk about Gotham all day with you guys. With you because uh, us guys here on this end of the microphones are, are nerds. And uh, well, there's enough cool plots and subplots and characters and all that, all that kind of stuff with it. I thought the creators did a really good job of, of really melding that all into the show. Uh, but before we get into any of that, I want to talk to you about something that I literally discovered last night while doing some research uh, for this episode. Now, according to the Googles and, you know, the internet is never wrong, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, you were a part of a dance crew called Eight Flavors, spelled with a Z, uh, that took runner up in an MTV show called America's Best Dance Crew. So my question for you is, when did your love for dance start and what types of dancing do you prefer?
1: Well, firstly, thank you for saying it, pronouncing it Flavas and not Flavors, because so many people got that wrong even though it's spelled a h z right people ate flavors and it would all make us cringe cringe cuz it just <laughs> sounds so formal so thank you for pronouncing that correctly um i i started dancing when i was about 5 or 6 i think um and it start, i started with just ballet and jazz funk but it was more like hip-hop we you all know, those like princess ballerina type um classes and then as time went on and as I got older and knew that I actually wanted to do dance uh, be a dancer as a profession um I genuinely started loving hip-hop more I tried to train in as many Um, genres as styles as possible like ballet jazz contemporary hip-hop and then when I was living in New York for Gotham I started taking like um, African classes and whatnot but hip-hop always definitely had my heart for sure
0: okay nice
1: a lot of people don't know because I'm not like I'm not super outspoken about how I'm a dancer. So it's nice when people ask about it because that's how I started. So thank you for asking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we try to do our research on everybody who comes in and, and, you know, and I mentioned this in other shows and I didn't put this in as part of my question, but we always love to know the background of the person that we're talking to and and a little bit of their backstory and what kind of made them, you know, who they are and what they are and how they got to, you know, from being the person that we didn't know to the person that we kind of know from, you know, their roles in, on TV and such. So it was kind of cool as I was going through that. At first I was talking to my daughter last night and I, and I, and you know, I mentioned in the outset that you, you were on the show, shake it up. Um, and, and, and my daughter was like, Oh my God, I used to watch that show all the time. Uh, And so she was very excited about that. And then to find out, that you know, from that to being a dancer and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, it was was kind of cool, Uh, kind of neat, neat little walkthrough of some of your, your younger roles and some of the stuff that you had done.
1: Yeah. And what's funny too, is shake it up was um, my first audition as like, as a professional dancer and my first job as a professional dancer. So, and I'm still getting like $1 and thirteen cent residual checks from hey, <laughs> <paid. laughs> and I'm just like okay. I mean, I'm thankful. I mean, okay, it cost as this check it cost as much as this check is to send this to me. But you know what? Right. Long live shake it up.
0: There you go. Yeah. Hey, you save you save you know four or five of them. You can go get a a real shake. You know okay. so,
1: Arby's and get myself a latte. I mean, nothing there you go. To- hey.
2: <laughs> looking through some of the work that you've done i personally am a huge animal lover i love going to zoos hanging out spending time outside wildlife in general um i actually had a small encounter with a wolf at a northern michigan campsite when i was little which was slightly terrifying but (laughs) yeah it was a little it was the i have to get up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night and walk from my campsite to the bathroom and walk in with my flashlight and i hear the oh and I'm like oh. and they were like there was like 150 feet away from me and it was the
1: I don't have to pee anymore um no <laughs> just like, full bladder and did you pee yourself I, I did not
2: myself. I bolted it to the bathroom but it was like I was so close to peeing myself because it was the there's a wolf right there
1: right in full bladder it's great right. and cute.
2: I was like 10 and it was the I can be brave and watch the bathroom by myself I don't need to wake my parents up Oh my gosh. No, terrible, terrible story. Terrible idea. I love Um, Tim's just loving this. (laughs) So I was actually really excited about your involvement with the North Shore Animal League.
1: Yes. So
2: (laughs) Tim's going down. So I wanted to know how you got involved with the largest no-kill shelter in the world. And do you have any pets that you can tell us about?
1: So I actually, because after the show ended, I moved back to California. So I, I haven't been able to do much work with them in a little bit but um I think I got involved with them I was invited to do um I think Hallmark Channel has this annual kitten bowl and like puppy thing like where they take the idea of the the all-star baseball game and then the Super Bowl and they bring animals oh yeah and North Shore Animal League supplied the little puppies and kittens and and I'm not sure if this I think this is how I got connected to them anyway my parent fell in love with one of the kittens and got in contact with someone about adopting it and then on came this you know this kind of ripple effect of just going up there to meet with people. And then I ended up um, being gifted one of my other cats from them. Um, and it was just a really great, or it's just a really great organization. And um, I love, I I love both cats and dogs, but I prefer to have a cat. Um, and, Which just makes sense now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like my whole life is a movie. I even like, before, before I even auditioned for Selena, I had this gray beanie that had cat ears on it and I was obsessed with it. I wore it almost every day and I can go on a tangent about it, but basically when I got the role a video, uh, like a, an old video that I had done prior to the audition, um, you know, resurfaced. And they're like, she knew she had Gotham when she filmed this. And I was like, no, I really didn't. I just love, <laughs> I just love cats. Um, But to go back to North Shore Animal League, I just, I love the work that they do. And I have always favored um, adopting animals over buying them. Right. And it just seemed like it was just a very natural partnership, I guess you could say. That's um, really cool. And they, they, the money that they are given through donors and everything, they actually use the money to build facilities and to help the animals. It doesn't just go into some random bank account, you know, right. so, um, I really appreciated that and I, you can just tell that you love what they do, so, or that they love what they do. Yeah.
2: So that's also- how know them that's awesome i'm also a cat lover i have two cats of my own i am actually a little bit sad that i didn't decide to wear my headphones today because i've got my. oh are so cool i love these but it was the i'm like i don't feel like wearing my headphones today i usually wear them but so no they, cats are cats are the greatest
1: iron vibes so it fits either way yeah
2: yeah sure. usually though i like i part my hair so my headphones are hidden in my hair so you just see the cat okay. ears sticking up on top
3: so how many cats is too many cats?
1: Oof. Cats act more like humans than people realize, I mm-hmm. think, and that's why I think they get a bad rap compared to dogs because cats are more complex and they mm-hmm. express emotions. So I feel I I honestly associate, I honestly equate cats to babies and I because of that it's like I just see it as well some people have two kids and some people want a family of 10 and it's just a preference Mm -hmm. I personally could not handle more than two I feel like
2: two is like the right number of cats
1: yeah it's it's a pair and some and their siblings I feel like if you have more than two cats you need a house and like a lot of space or if you don't you need to live by yourself because the amount of litter that's that is just sprawled everywhere or it's just like I can't yeah we
2: have we have two we have a solid black cat named Nymeria and a tuxedo named Ernie and (laughs) he's he's Ernest Fitzgerald he's supposed to be fancy but my three-year-old can't say Ernie so he's just Nern. So he's gone from this fancy tuxedo cat to Nern. <laughs> like,
0: and he's a big baby. I'm surprised you can't hear him. He is the biggest
2: honest. baby. Oh my gosh. He is. Like the fact that I've said his name out loud, I'm sure any minute there's going to be.
0: It's like, it's like Beetlejuice. Me. You say his name a certain number of times, you're, he's going to show up. So.
2: <laughs> like I shut myself in my room for the podcast and then we'll hear the. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the girliest squeaky meow too. It's just, it's great. Oh. the meow has made it into multiple podcasts and multiple live shows
1: i love that he's a staple <laughs> he is he, he is. makes himself known he's like there
0: listen- you go.
1: nern is in the house
0: absolutely was my
1: background <laughs> for one of our live shows too
3: <laughs> yeah our cat is a uh a white coat siberian Ooh. and it has um he's really fluffy and just Feels like rabbit fur almost. I love fluffy cats. And we named him Cat Cinco because he's the fifth cat my parents have had.
1: <laughs> uh, I think Maggie Maggie Gia who played the second rendition of Ivy on the show. I think her cats are Siberian, and they are the cutest freaking fluff balls I have ever <laughs> witnessed. <laughs> So, I, when you said Siberian, I was like, mm, I, know, I have an idea of what he deals with. I cats.
2: I don't know. Tim's cats are funny too, though. Tim also has. Yeah.
0: Cats. I have two cats. We all yeah. have cats. Yeah. So, my, my oldest cat, his name is Vader. He's all black. He's got a big white box in his chest. He's a bit of a jerk. Uh, um, but
2: I love him. And
0: then we have our second cat. His name is Seven. And we call him seven because he's polydactyl. He's got extra toes on his front paws. Oh. So it looks like he's running around with big, like mitten paws on his front hands. And it's, yeah. it's, it's really kind of cool. Um, But he's also a jerk. Uh, and uh, a cat
2: and cats no, are...
0: actually, I, I I honestly believe this, that that cats take on the personalities of their owners.
2: <laughs> and
0: I'm not uh, saying that I'm a sarcastic jerk.
2: Are you saying but that I ha- I'm, a no- I'm a noisy, annoying baby? <laughs>
0: anyway so i'm not saying that i'm a sarcastic jerk but i have my moments and i'm not saying that my cats are always sarcastic little jerk buttheads but they have their moments like you know this morning we're keating we're this is this is just this is a this by the way is a conversation you're not getting on any other podcast um cleaning out their kitty litter this morning like my cat is literally waiting at my feet to get done like the second it's done he has to go you know oh yeah that vader waits he like stalks the room he stalks the room (laughs) and he meows at me until it's done like could you speed it up i've got things to do here
2: (laughs) see and it's funny so yes cats take on the personalities of their owners i i will admit that with ernie but specifically with nymeria and my husband like the, the black cat is my husband's cat and she will just sit on the other side of the room and stare at you silently judging you and it's like oh my god but then her favorite thing is to sit on the table in the hallway in the middle of the night and if you get up to go to the bathroom she just like reaches out and taps you not even a swat just a just enough of a tap to scare the crap out of you that's I'm to let you know
0: that that's her way of saying i could have done something
1: right? that is definitely
2: her i could have killed you
1: i just want you to know who has the real power here exactly right?
2: i am yeah.
0: i am speed yeah
2: so. and it's <laughs> so funny it's like she i know she thinks it's hilarious
1: Ugh. i know she thinks my it's dreams, hilarious my dream one day when i like have more room and i don't live in an apartment is to have a black cat and a blue pit bull oh nice combo we
0: have a pit as you well do you- we have a pit bull and a corgi so mm-hmm. And our Corgi judges us from the other side of the room with very judgy (laughs) eyes. She is. And who is she? She's
1: She's got short legs and a big booty.
0: We we call her Toast because the back end looks like a loaf of bread. So
2: she's also like toasted marshmallow colored. Yeah. So,
0: so yeah, her name is Toast. And then we've got (sighs) Mia. Mia's our pit bull. And she, it's a, we keep saying it's a darn good thing. She's so sweet because she has half a brain cell to run her whole life
2: <laughs> people have the longest adolescence period of any dog though any dog they oh yeah i like believe that fully until they turn like six like my pit just turned six in september and all of a sudden she's like a dog and it's the you could have been like this the whole time
1: oh you could
2: have been a reasonable creature
1: Really, they're so loyal, though.
2: and are oh, they so are. They're ugly
0: very sweet, very very kind, very very misunderstood breed of dogs.
2: Big old babies, right.
0: and they're just big babies. And my my uh, my son has a pit bull as well. He lives on the other side of the state. He's got a pit bull, and she's just as intelligent as our pit bull, and, <laughs> but just as sweet and loving, you know. So it's it's oh. kind of fun when we get the two of them together and yeah. they're playing. Got it's one just whole like
2: brain cell between the two of them.
0: And, and they have to run like parallel side by side so that they don't lose the ability to carry and share the brain cell. And they're passing it back and forth. Going, okay, you breathe. And, okay, now it's your turn. Now you breathe. Okay, now it's your turn. Now you breathe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the way it works.
1: It's so funny. <laughs>
3: so Cameron, we all have that one thing that is like close to our hearts and that like we're super proud of. What is a role or an accomplishment of yours that you hold close to your heart?
1: I definitely say Selena, um, is a role that I hold very close to my heart. I even, I have, oh, I can show you this. I have, um, these two, I just moved into an apartment and normally if I were obviously like not in my apartment, then I wouldn't be able to show you guys these, but, um, I am decorating and I have this that oh, how cool. Was given to me from our um, or there's no reflection there. given to me from my dressing room. And
3: that then, is
0: cool.
1: And then this one um, literally makes me cry every time I or not every time, but most times I look at it because um, John Glazer, who was the ward, was head of wardrobe for Gotham, he gifted this to me. At the end of oh, the wow.
3: Show. Oh, that's nice. beautiful. Literally that's cool.
1: In order to, to come up with Selena's season five costume. And in the back, there's, um, you know, signatures from different crew members and cast members. But I definitely say that Selena is a role that I will never forget. And Gotham is a job that I will forever be, um, that I'll forever cherish because it did, start my career and Mm -hmm. I still I even I was even having a conversation with the stunt coordinator norm a few nights ago and just catching up and talking about how beautiful of an experience as hard as that was for pretty much everyone (laughs)
3: uh,
1: (laughs) how beautiful it was and yeah I don't I don't think I'll ever work on a set like Gotham's ever and that was one thing that Danny Cannon told me was don't expect this to be the norm for the rest of your career. This is not the norm. Yeah. It was very, very special to be able to get along with every single cast me and have a crew that, you know, loved and respected each other in the very general sense. I'm sure there were hiccups every now and then. It's uh,
2: just human nature.
1: Right. <laughs> the nature, Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you're working with someone for, like, five years every day, especially crew, crew mm-hmm. averaging, like, 17-hour days, five days, six days a week sometimes. So, anyway, yeah, I'd say that's the long, long answer to say definitely Gotham and Selena.
0: Well, as we say in, in many interviews, we like long answers. Long answers are good answers.
1: Great. So, I so. live for that. Yay. Yeah.
0: So you know done you, you done did good there, kid.
1: I done did so good.
0: That's right. Those are cool uh, uh, pictures. Thank you for sharing those. Are those.
1: really cool. Yeah.
0: I so, have to say,
2: sorry before we go. Yeah, yeah go question, for it. Right after the the series premiere of Gotham, I actually took a picture of you to a hair salon with the I want my hair cut like this. What? Yes.
1: Oh my god. Legitimately,
2: because it was the I watched you in like in the first couple episodes, and I'm like her hair curls just like mine. Yeah. I need my haircut like this. Like, I love that look. And the the, the steampunk goggles and the leather. And I'm like, this is what, I, this is,
1: make this happen. Me, <laughs> ne- I still have the goggles too. Ooh.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice. All right. So well, this is actually a nice transition from going from, from uh, the pictures and talking about the haircut to my question. So almost a perfect segue. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Um, yeah. So thanks for the assist there, Kathleen. Well done. <laughs> All right. So sometimes life imitates art and sometimes art is dictated by life. And this was kind of the proven true and kind of the case on your show, Gotham, particularly season five. Now, I understand that you broke your foot sometime uh, before the start of season five. And I was wondering really how that impacted the filming of season five, because there was a lot of pretty intense action scenes especially early on in the season. So how did that impact filming and, and impact things for you?
1: Um, so, I mean, what, what's so funny is the broken foot was the least of my problems. In- <laughs> 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 it definitely didn't help, but it was not like, it wasn't the main thing that made season five difficult. Um, but I didn't even know that I broke my foot. I I was training in LA. I spent hiatus out in LA and I like to dance barefoot and I basically stress fractured my foot in the okay. same way that I sh- that I did it when I was 10. So it was like almost exactly 10 years later and Anyway, the orthopedist told me that I just overworked my muscles. So I called the producer, the executive producers. And I said, I just want to let you know, I know we're two weeks out, but I'm going to be resting. He says, it's just overworked muscles. I know that you sent me the script. I know that I'll be in the hospital bed the first episode. So I should be a okay after that. And he was like, okay, you know, like, I'll take your word for it. Well, then the second or third episode came around where we were fighting the really weird, like, sharp-toothed gangsters, and um, it was just gnarly. Like, the sharp pain up my freaking heckin' leg from my toe to my hip, and Norm, bless his heart, was like you don't need to do these these stunts like your stunt double is here. And I was like, No, I want to do the stunts that I can do. I'm gonna do it. This is the best, like one of the best stunt scenes I've had all series. I'm doing it. Anyway, it just got worse and worse and worse. And then they had me go to the doctor. And that's when I find out found that it was broken. And that's when I had to be put in a little boot. And so what we had to do essentially and then (laughs) what we thought was gonna be just like maybe three weeks in the boot turned into the rest of season five so i was in the boot for close to six months and we just had to work around it they had to figure out angles um a lot of times i would literally go to my mark after everything was set up go to my mark in my boot and then um the wardrobe department member, Johnny, who would help me pretty much all the time. He would come, switch out my boot, put on my Selena boot on, exit, and then I'd do the scene. Um, But luckily season five, as, as stunt heavy as it was for Selena, that was the first and really only season that I voluntarily was like, I am not doing most of these stunts this season. Um, not only for the foot, but also the emotional weight that a lot of them held. Um, They were a lot more violent. Um, They involved another woman, which I had, you know, I have, I have a history of violence between myself and a woman. So it was like, it could, it was very triggering in that way. Um, And I was just like, you know what? I have my stunt double. You go off, Sarah. You're a G. I trust you to do your job. Um, and I would just come in, do what I could physically and emotionally do, and then let her do it. There like, you go. I can't.
0: <laughs> no, understood.
2: Yeah. A stunt double for like daily life.
1: Honestly. <laughs> it's just life is a life really is a movie. It's sometimes I I well, often I look back and I'm like, what the heck is this? And even then I'm only 22 years old. There's so much more life to experience. I'm like, oh, what more could I go? Right, if this is <laughs> what I've already done. What, what more? Hmm. I, I wonder. I have
2: to say though, early twenties are insane. Absolutely. Early twenties are bonkers. I think it, it sort of starts to settle out at like 25. And then you, you get to the, I'm going to be 30 and your brain starts reeling again. <laughs> okay. I mean, or, third,
0: or 35, you know,
2: that's kind of thinking as a girl, like girl brains are different than boy brains too.
0: Oh no, no. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that even a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I, I at 35, I was full on 15. I think I've advanced to 16 at, at 45, but you know, <laughs>
2: When I turned twenty-five, I told my husband, "I'm like I'm having a quarter-life crisis." Um, Oh no, we'll see what
1: happens. I don't know how this is supposed to make me feel better. And then we had
2: not no.
0: No, no, yeah, it went from
2: quarter-life crisis at twenty-five to a baby at twenty-six. Okay,
0: this is a ghost of Christmas futures or something like that, you know. So just although Kathleen, you gave me an idea.
3: Like, I wonder if you can have a business of. Hey, let me be your stunt double for the day
0: or something.
2: Right? Yes. I, I just like, want somebody, I just need somebody to be a stunt double for a day. Yeah, I just want to ring a
0: bell and yell cuddlers. out, Oh, Aaron boy, and have him go to the store and go do this. And I'm sure there's, there's, there's people who will do that, but there's you know. professional
2: cuddlers. Why wouldn't there be a professional, like daily stunt double? I need somebody to go to the office for me. I, I don't feel like going to work today. Please <laughs> go are, be me at work.
1: And there are also people who are like professional. Um, maid of honors because some brides don't actually have a best friend to be a maid of honor so there's literally there there's this woman I saw on social media who literally gets hired to Hmm. their fake best friend for the evening and I was like
0: that's sad
1: but also kind of brilliant but it's also nice because then the bride doesn't have to worry about like hurting a friend's feelings it's just you know kind of an assistant for the day right you just need somebody to legally sign the paperwork like... exactly and like get your coffee if you want it and like make sure your train's even you know right. just... hmm. Hmm. so i feel like job. there should be all that to say i feel like there should be like stunt double for the day hey sure. i want to lay in bed all day and eat graham crackers you do life for me please thank you yes yeah
2: it's like i feel like that's like a personal assistant but like more so
1: yes <laughs> It's just like let me cry in the shower store. while you go get the groceries. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: you go to the grocery store while I have a nervous breakdown. Please and thank you.
0: I will take my graham crackers and milk and play my Xbox while you do the adult things. <laughs> bye bye.
2: Oh, these are brilliant ideas. I feel like this. I feel like we're we're gonna make a brilliant idea and then there's going to be somebody who's actually going to want somebody's
0: going to gonna listen to this job. and go that's awesome i'm doing that and then we're not going to get any credit for it but hey well, i'm already that's fine trying to as figure long out long as how they. they
2: will let us hire them i don't care if we don't get credit it's so funny. i just want somebody to come pretend to be kathleen for a day <laughs>
0: i'm gonna try that no no i'm not dad today that's him over there go talk to him <laughs> Hi, I actually, I like that plan.
1: Life size <laughs> cutout of yourself. Just do, go talk to him. <laughs> yes, I'm not yeah. in. Today. Go talk to him.
2: <laughs> right, I have mentally checked out.
0: <laughs> you know, I could print. I have a wide format printer just on the other side of this wall. I could print a life size cutout of myself. This might be a thing.
2: <laughs> I think it could be a thing.
0: It could be. Definitely be a I'm thing.
2: Started live show one night, and Tim's not be moving. We're be like, is it your internet? Is your internet? No, and then there's going to be like a breeze and the Tim just, cardboard cutout's is going to fall over. Yeah, Just exactly. the really
0: awkward smile from Tim behind the microphone.
1: Yeah, and it can have like a little cutout around your belly area, like a kangaroo pouch. And it can say like, here, um, like a recommendation box where your kids, whenever they- <laughs>
0: went- No, not with my kids. No, 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 we're not doing that.
1: I'm down, I do this and then boop, just into the cardboard cutout.
0: Remember how I said that cats take on the the, uh, personalities of their owners? That's the same with kids. And when you make three carbon copies of yourself, it's kind of a problem. (laughs) So yeah, that might, that might not be a wise idea on this end.
2: I have a three foot tall carbon copy of myself right
0: now. (laughs) You are so screwed by the way.
2: So I love her to bits, but good gravy. I actually asked her the other day. I'm like, do you stop talking? No. Like, why not? Because I have a mouth. She's not wrong. She's not. She's really not. And I could not argue with the solid logic coming out of the three-year-old.
0: <laughs> one of my, and I know I'm taking us way off track here, but, and that's fine. I'm enjoying this. Um, one of my favorite stories about my daughter, when she was about not too much older than Kathleen's daughter, we were driving from our house in around the Grand Rapids, Michigan area down to uh, the Chicago area. And it's about a four and a half, five hour drive where we were going. And we got just outside of Chicago and I had to pull up in Chicago, uh, especially on the expressways, they have what they call an oasis where you can pull off the side of the road, you get gas, you know, there's, you know, all that kind of stuff there, you know, fast food, et cetera. So you don't have, cause it's all toll roads. So you don't have to get on and off, keep paying the tolls. We got off the tollway and I looked at my, my family, my wife, my two boys and my daughter and went, you guys are going that way. I'm going this way because she won't stop talking. I need five minutes of quiet. <laughs> I, she, the whole way down there, she was so excited because she was going to go down and meet cousins of ours in the Chicago area that she had not met yet. And she was so excited to meet them. And there was two little girls and she was going to get to play with new cousins. And she just wanted to talk about it the whole drive <laughs> down. It's also the same drive where I told her that, okay, honey, daddy just needs a couple minutes of quiet. Can we just be quiet for a couple minutes? Uh-huh. No problem. And immediately started humming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> see she got it she she said oh okay i need to stop talking which means i can still make noise if my mouth is closed quieter, mm-hmm. and then i'm not talking if my
2: mouth oh she
0: oh she caught me on the technicality that's for sure <laughs>
2: yeah one of my friends the other day is like well isn't it i mean if you're so stressed out or talking so much at least she goes you've got bedtime i'm like she talks in her sleep stop mm-hmm. <laughs> I wake up to my daughter talking through the baby monitor and she is dead asleep. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me, kid? Oh my gosh.
1: I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I think that's a testament to how safe she feels around you. I
2: hope so. I hope so. She just I feel like she's a chatterbox.
1: <laughs> I feel like a quiet kid would be a little, con- I mean, I was a quiet kid and I was concerning. So... <laughs> Like,
2: that, would, like-
0: that would be my middle child. Yes, <laughs> he's plotting something.
2: He's <laughs> gonna be the death of us all.
1: <laughs> he's gonna be the one to make that life-size cardboard cutout and put it in the hallway to scare you. <laughs>
0: he would, honestly.
1: <laughs> all right. So,
2: getting back to Gotham, because that's why we're all here. Legitimately, you are the youngest actress to portrayed Selena Kyle with a lot of very, very big names filling that role before you. So did you feel that that pressure stepping into that role, especially because you were telling the
1: origin story for her? No, honestly, the, the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that I was the first to play this rendition and because it was an origin story, I actually felt less pressure because it was already something that people hadn't seen before Mm -hmm. so that gave me more room to make choices that I naturally felt were best because um people really didn't have it like people were really not in a place to have expectations because they had never seen anything like Gotham before so and I was young too like I didn't I didn't really realize probably until A year and a half ago how massive Gotham was (laughs) like I'm not even gonna lie um so I think that helped too my naivety my um and just the fact that it was new so people didn't know what to expect
2: I can actually see that the being yes it's Selina Kyle yes she becomes Catwoman but you were specifically Selina Kyle you weren't stepping into the Catwoman role and the tight leather pants as much right like
1: right it
2: yeah, was... you were
0: referenced as cat a couple times but it was never the true connection it was that's one of the things i loved about gotham is you know there was all these allusions to who the people could be and who they would eventually become but it was very much an origin story for all these different characters i thought that was a very cool aspect of the show i'm
1: okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. safe with me and i am um... oh sorry nick were you gonna say something
0: no i was just agreeing go ahead oh.
1: Um, I, uh, what's it called? I also really loved how they kept me as young as possible for as long as possible because Mm -hmm. it's very easy, especially in the industry, whether dance or, um, film and TV for the industry to age young people, but, but especially young women, like there are, I don't know, there are a lot of 14 year olds, especially now who look, 18, 20. Right. um, Mm -hmm. I was definitely so thankful that they were never willing to put me in any kind of wardrobe that I felt uncomfortable in. They always made sure sure to remember okay, this is a 16 year old girl or this is a 14 year old girl. How do we bring the edge and the, uh, how do we show the edge and struggle of her without Brain, like she doesn't need to be sexy she's a girl right you know right um, she's a teenager
2: she's a i mean in all a, reality she's a kid
1: yeah and she's a tomboy at that too so um i just i i just i loved everything about that job it yeah
0: awesome
3: yeah
1: sorry tim brings up other
2: characters and the you get a sense of who they are and i'm over here with the jerome
1: I loved Jerome so much. Cameron did such an amazing job. He does not get enough credit for that. He should be. In the media. I mean, I actually, I found randomly, I found this Joker magazine at a grocery store when the Joker film came out. Mm -hmm. And it was literally an entire magazine dedicated to the character of Joker and the history of Joker. And Mm -hmm. Cameron had uh like a like two or three pages dedicated to him awesome so thankful because i was like yes he played the joker he yes. needs credit yeah
2: absolutely
0: you did a he, phenomenal I, job
1: yeah i and, loved his character yes
2: absolutely loved it and, and getting, i mean i've always had a soft spot for joker anyway as yeah. crazy as he is we've kind of love He's, to
1: hate him right And there was this, um, there's this video on YouTube. Um, I don't know exact, I don't remember which, I don't know who the guy is, but essentially he, um, analyzes films and he did, did, um, an analysis of the Batman returns with, I don't know, was it returns? The one with Christian Bale and Heath Ledger. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. was this theory and he explained throughout this entire like 12 minute video of how, the Joker really isn't the antagonist of the film that he's actually the hero and he broke the film down and explained why he thought that I've and seen that was literally mind-blowing and it changed my my opinion completely on the character Joker after watching it it That's was cool crazy. so if you haven't watched it maybe look up like I don't know Joker hero theory or something and it'll probably pop up but Getting to work with Cameron was a dream as well, and even though I didn't get very many scenes with him, um, he he's such a sweetheart, and I um I just I learned so much just from observing him and how present he is and how much he knows about the characters that he plays and how much time and effort and heart he invests into his work and yeah. he's. Insane. insane it was nice. funny when
2: my husband and i watched watched gotham together when it was airing and cameron came on screen and i'm like
1: i know him yeah why do i know him why does he, he look so familiar sh- he didn't even have to audition for the show i think he said they offered it to him and, and it was, was so funny as i'm like i'm staring at him with the what have i seen
2: him in what have i seen him in and they showed the name and i'm like john he goes, what? I'm like, That's Winthrop. He was in the the TV version of Music Man. Like that oh, was his like that. his introductory role was with Matthew Broderick and Kristen Chenoweth. And I'm like, you remembered him from that? Not I remembered Sh- him from that <laughs> of all things. Oh my! I God. remembered the cute little kid with the lisp. I'm like, it's Winthrop. I love that. And it's funny. So gotham stopped in what was it 2019 was the final season
1: yeah that was the last time it aired Mm -hmm. so
2: even even now in 2022 we're still talking about the show jerome is still a a family joke between me and my husband there's a jerome street in a city near us that every time we go by jerome street i'm like (gasps) jerome (laughs) I, i cried oh like yeah I loved his character. And
0: yeah,
2: he did I'm a sap. A good job. He did I'm a sap and I have a soft spot for redheads.
3: <laughs> so, our Facebook page, we have it's just filled with memes and we have 196,000 members. And yeah, and yeah, it just blew up. And we're like, what? <laughs> and, um, so basically it's just filled with memes. This mixed with this. What universe would you also like to see your character Selena go into?
1: Oh, interesting. Um I don't know. I think I think the rendition of Selena that I played should stay in that universe that that um gotham's version of gotham city is in i think it because that what made gotham so amazing is that it wasn't really centered it wasn't centered around the people it was it wasn't centered around like the core cast it was centered around the city and mm-hmm. the atmosphere it was very much more of the the, the gotham itself was a character and so I don't I don't see Selena at least the version that I played I don't see her stepping out into any other universe um because it was so specific it was such a specific place and um Gotham itself was they made such an effort to keep the time very ambiguous like you saw taxis that looked like they were from the 1950s but then you know Gordon and everybody uses cell phones and it was a very Mm -hmm. um a a very timeless and kind of just how do I what am I trying to say um it was just a very ambiguous place Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm very much a purgatory, I'd say, like, that's kind of the word that comes to mind. And I don't think it's like any other DC um, project, or I don't think it's like any other DC project in the sense that I don't think it's similar to even Marvel that, like, I'm kind of, I'm stuttering, but no, you're doing fine. So like Spider-Man, the Spider-Man universe and the No Way was it? No, no, not No Way Home. What was it?
0: Multiverse? One?
1: Yeah. The, the Spider-Man film that just came out with...
0: Yeah, No Way Home.
1: No Way Home. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like Marvel can get away with that a lot more than DC can because I feel like, and I don't know, maybe you guys can correct me, but I Marvel strikes me as more of like fantasy land and more magic than DC strikes me obviously DC has people like Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and people who have very supernatural powers but I feel like Marvel gets away with doing multiverses way more than DC can so I don't think especially because of that, I don't think that I could see Selena in any other like universe.
2: And especially if you think about the the difference between what the MCU is getting, the, the reception the MCU is getting with the multiverses versus even like the way that Justice League went over, which I mean, Justice League had its issues because the movie should have been twice as long as it was. Actually, what, was it, what Tim?
0: It went over like a lead balloon yes
2: it is but but as a as a general rule anytime DC's tried to bring all of their characters in it flops
1: yeah it's like this really weird I don't know what it is but like you have these amazing ensemble films of Marvel Mm -hmm. and these very hyped up ensemble films of DC and and they're they have the amazing actors in both they have what some would equate someone equate as like great stories and I don't they have the potential. Yeah. Just, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. And this well, isn't like talking trash on DC either. Cause I love,
0: no, 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 not taken as that. Uh, fortunately for you guys, I have a lot of time on my hands and I've thought about this. Um, but the realistically to me, from my perspective, the problem with the difference between Marvel and d c is that Marvel has one unifying head that's taken control of the franchise, and, and that's Kevin Feige. We're gonna this is how this relates to this. this is how this relates to this, and he's making sure that everything ties in. From everything that I've seen, DC does not have a Kevin Feige. They do not have one person in control. It's this person running this little universe. It's this person running that little universe. And, and so then they're trying to marry them all together and, and make this, okay, make sure in your story, you say something about this. So this will work with that, where there's not somebody taking direction and, and the reins. So it makes it a little bit different. Whereas in the MCU, this movie fits this movie, which fits that movie, which fits that movie. There's a natural tie-in. Whereas, you know, they're having to go back, you know, with different DC movies and retcon things to make sure that this now, oh, well, yeah, your movie came out first, but we told it differently in this. There's differences in between how things are related in Aquaman versus how they're told in Justice League. And And so that's one of the bigger problems.
2: And I feel like the source of that problem is that DC tried to be Marvel. They tried to hey, well, Marvel's getting all this attention. Marvel's movies are going over so well. And they kind of jumped in before finishing their story, before collectively being like, okay, this is the story we want to tell. They just kind of jumped in. Here's the background story for this character. And here's the background story for this character. And you get a background and you get a background, but then none of those matter because we didn't think this through.
0: Right. So there's a lot of potential there that's left on the table is what it comes down to.
1: I see. I also think too, at least like what i love about like whenever i have read the some some comic books what i have what i have loved about catwoman specifically and also the characters that make their own cameos within the stories mm-hmm. is that and i don't know if i'm correct in saying this but it very much seems like dc is mainly DC mainly consists of people and heroes and villains who work more independently and live in a place like Gotham that is a really difficult city Mm -hmm. and you have to fend for yourself unless you're in a gang like the, I think it's the skeleton gang, or obviously there are the, the exceptions, but I feel like maybe that's where they differ that DC is mainly known for people who fend for themselves and are have are, are renowned for their independent and solo work versus Marvel is known for people like the Avengers and people like great right. people so maybe that's what it is and maybe that's why these you know maybe that's why Justice League didn't do as well because these are superheroes or heroes that people don't really think should be working together I don't know um, but. Yeah, I think to go back to your question, Nick, I, I think if we were to see Selena again, I think it would be um, maybe like later on in her life, but in that same city and in that same universe.
0: I would love to see a progression story ever. Like, so the, the, the finale of the series, uh, you know, we see Selena 10 years down the road. And, that, and that last episode, I would love to see what carries on with her, the rest of her story from the gap between that's that episode there and her officially becoming Catwoman and, you know, her different run-ins with, you know, with Bruce over the years and, you know, how that relationship progresses and regresses, you know, over the time. I think there's a lot there that could, could be done in a really cool origin style movie, but, you know, we've already had the origin told and bat in Gotham, but continue on, you know,
1: right. I think a limited series would be. Oh, that'd be
0: awesome. Yeah. Like a, a Disney plus style, what they've done with Marvel. Right, That'd be really cool. Yeah, but absolutely. I,
1: yeah. I I have like, I have some ideas.
0: Um, we'll have to get to, you in touch with the people at HBO Max. Tell them to make you a series.
1: <laughs> Listen, that cool. that's literally, I, yeah. I,
0: yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd watch like, just so you know
2: i would totally watch
1: 100%. that would be my dream to get um a, a raw look at and you know more of like pg-13 or rated mm-hmm. r versus like a fox network mm-hmm. of show sure. love to see that raw look at what you know what was her life like when he left
2: yeah, if we get yeah, more nice. of a if we get more of a Deadpool style Selena story, right, that would be yeah, cool.
0: absolutely.
1: So
2: I'm a I'd be, be a fan.
0: You, I'd watch.
1: Thank you. Yeah i I have. Yeah, I want I want something to happen. I just it's a matter of time. Yeah. So. But yeah that that's my opinion. Nick, I
2: <laughs> I can totally see your point of view on that though. She is very much the that universe yep. that version of gotham very
0: specific yeah totally agreed so cameron we have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you here today but before we can let you go we do have to run you through our quiz we do this with every oh, guest yes. you love quizzes
1: yes Yay. good all
0: right <laughs> well this quiz is called it's a gotham thing so it's it's all about the show gotham Uh, It's five questions. All questions are multiple choice. So you'll have a a fair chance at at getting the answers. All right. Now, out of those five questions, if you get three of them correct, we want to send you a mug that looks a lot like this one that says, I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. And on the back, it has our wonderful little show, uh, our show logo. Okay. And if you get four questions correct, we'd like to send you uh, this book right here called Dances with Aliens. It's written by our show founder and and group page founder, Drayton Allen. It's all about the last man on earth being a dog, but not a four-legged dog that goes woof, but a singing, dancing cartoon dog of the theme park variety. And it asks the question, how could intelligent beings develop technology to travel the cosmos, but not recognize a guy in a dog suit? So uh, now that's all the fun part of it. If, however you get less than three questions correct we have what we call our fun sequence we'd like to take your picture make a meme out of you and put it into our our group are you okay with that yeah okay fantastic all right nick start us off let's go when selena opens her locket and
3: looks at the picture of her mother who is it is it michelle pfeiffer
0: did i say pfeiffer you, you pfeiffer. said pfeiffer <laughs> That totally stays into the the gag reel. Yup. If my hey, look, it? if some of my crap stays in, that definitely stays in.
3: <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Barbara Gordon or Julie Newmar.
1: Also oh, the oh, wait, are you wait, are you asking for like the actual what I actually saw?
0: Yeah, when Selena opens her locket in in the show and there's a picture of her mother in there which person was it was it it
1: was none pic- of it. Oh. <laughs> it was the it was the actor who played my mom on the show they actually took her pic- picture and put it in there
0: Well, the google's lied to me then
1: yeah i don't even know i don't even think the, i don't even think they showed what was in it
0: Okay, well, we will wipe that from the record and we'll give you a win (laughs) on that one. Anyway, all right, according to the internet, and you know, because the internet is infallible, obviously not, um, the internet Uh, said that it was Julie Newmar the first woman to ever play Catwoman. So.
1: Well, yes, she was the first woman to play Catwoman, but she wasn't the one in the locket.
0: Right. Lion buttheads. All right, anyway, question two. So she gets gets credit for that one just because.
2: All right, question number two. In the series finale, who is Selena mad at for disappearing for 10 years? A, Jim Gordon, B, Barbara Keen, or C, Bruce Wayne? Bruce Wayne
0: There you go. Two for two. What
3: is the Riddler's real name? Is it Edward Nigma, Carl Pinkney, or Hugo Strange?
1: It's Edward Nigma.
0: There you go. Three yeah, so, correct. That's the coffee mug.
1: Yeah.
2: Sorry, that's me. Give me a second. Double checking Tim's work.
0: Oh God! <laughs> thanks.
2: <laughs> question number four, in the season one
0: opener. Not bitter at all over here.
2: <laughs> Just as bitter. Butter as party of one. Butter and bitter salt party of one. Uh, no, <laughs> question number four. In the season one opener, who is the very first character we're introduced to? Bruce Wayne, Selena Kyle, or Jim Gordon? Selena. It
0: is. Absolutely. Woo-hoo. So you that's four for four. So that's the coffee mug and the book.
1: Gang gang.
3: And this question is just for fun. Gotham is based on what city? Chicago. New York or Los Angeles?
2: New York.
0: There you go. Five for five. Well done. Um, Well, we'll go say four for four and one crap question that we threw out and gave you points anyway, but technically five (laughs) for five.
1: Yay. Thank you. Well done. I'm trying to remember the order of people that precede me. I know the one before me was Anne Hathaway.
2: Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Before her, it was Halle Berry. Before her, it was Michelle Pfeiffer. Before her, it was Eartha Kitt.
0: I believe so. And then Ju- before that was Julie.
1: Mm, I think. There, though there was one
0: more before, between Julie and Eartha, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, there. Is, no, Julie Newmar was the first, and then it was either Eartha Kit and then. This other woman who I feel so horrible. I literally met. Uh, Lee Merriweather? Yes! Lee Merriweather. That's the one. I met her. She's Mm. so sweet. I'm like, I'm looking it up. I'm doing it. I have Google right in front of me.
3: There are a lot more than I thought there
0: were.
1: Yeah, and then now Zoe Kravitz will be added to that. Yeah. Yeah. For the new Batman movie, yeah. So freaking heckin' stoked she's gonna freaking heckin' kill it. She's gonna nice. be amazing. I'm super excited about that. That's just stud. Like she literally looks like a statue. It's mm-hmm. so annoying in the best way because she so <laughs> and almost like she does she plays she plays the hard character so well and mm-hmm. like hard walled up characters so well, and that is Selena. So I'm curious to see what she does with this. Absolutely. She's going to kill it. I think so. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Thank you for being here.
3: Well, Cameron, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and what you're working on now?
1: Well, I have an Instagram account that I think I have not been on since July of 2020. So going to work on that this year. <laughs> I will be more active this <laughs> year. Um, so usually they can go there, um, but they're not going to see anything recent. So there's that. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, as far as things that I'm working on, just.
3: What would be the handle for that if you want to share?
1: Oh, um, if they want to look at my Instagram, it's my name, Cameron, C-A-M-R-E-N, and then the question, why? Um, again, I will be revamping and like reassessing what that page will look like, so you can stalk me from July 2020 to, you know, uh, somewhere <laughs> in 2019 if you want to. You uh- said it,
0: not us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Uh, we prefer
0: prefer to call it research by the way
1: (laughs) hey listen an orange is you know call it as it is there Uh, you go (laughs) and then um as far as what you can expect from me and where you can see me next um i don't know yet things are in the works and just i'm just trying to lay low and keep my head down and um just keep things moving for as long as possible. Um, yeah, no really, no answers that are public knowledge yet. So
0: Fair enough. Right? We well, can live we with that.
1: Will, we will totally still link your Instagram
2: and our viewers and our listeners can catch up on it as you catch up on it.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: some <laughs>
0: They'll re- catch, they get to catch re-branding. up in real time.
1: Yeah, she's in need of some rebranding, but we all have those moments. So there you go. And we look forward to whatever you've got in the works. That'll be. Absolutely. Cool. Look, we look forward to finding
2: out. Thank Absolutely.
0: You. All right, guys. I also want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help our show continue to grow and get amazing guests like uh, Cameron by Condova uh, to come and stop by and, and share these funny moments and, and laugh with us. So please subscribe. It's that little button down there. Just hit it the one time because if you hit it twice, it undoes it. But anyway, uh, be sure to check out Cameron's work on Gotham, and we didn't really get a chance to talk to it about it. But she also has a short film that you're going to want to check out called Three Days Closer. You'll want to check out that uh, as well. And so, uh, and for whatever reason, if you're not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is Selena Kyle. Sure, she's young, and but when you might think she lacks in experience, but she makes up with it makes up for it rather in enthusiasm and a little bit of extra sass now alongside her with friends like ivy she'll make sure that the offending parties are dealt with or if you can at least pay them handsomely to forget about the complaint after all it is gotham and it is every girl for herself thanks again cameron
1: thank you so much it was so fun talking to you guys all right everyone
3: Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine, the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 64, Four. will know that when he puts on the Red Shirt and joins Selena and Commissioner Gordon in protecting Gotham, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back, and whatever the Penguin sends back.
2: And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. information about Level Up Lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below.
0: On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode.